Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Adam Garcia and Meredith Davis from the PX Project coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She's an expert on food, wine, and good times. We follow her on Instagram at Swanky Maven. Felice Sloan, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. I am doing well. I am so happy to be back. It seems like two years ago that I was here. <laughs> That's what it I feels mean, like. Quite that long. I mean, it just feels like in my mind, I'm like, I miss my people. That's yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one. No bigger news in the world of Houston food than that Top Chef has selected Houston as the site where it will film season 19. They are, in fact, already here. They are already filming episodes that will air next spring. Uh, Felice, let me just throw it to you. Are you a Top Chef fan? And if so, like, what does this mean for Houston that it's going to be the host city of Top Chef? Okay, let me just be like, oh, my God, finally, okay? I am, I thought we should have been there a long time ago, but you know what? It's okay. We finally are on the radar. We're finally getting it. I'm stoked. I think this is huge for Houston. Huge. Now, let me throw it out there, though. Houston is closed. We don't need any more people moving here. Y'all are coming. People are coming 300 a day. However, it is going to showcase how great Houston is, our diversity, even more. Like people are coming here because they're like, oh, my God, they see it's a great uh, they hear things about our food. They think it's, um, you know, a great life and all that. So I just think people will get to actually see that um, play out on this huge platform. So I'm very excited. I'm super stoked. Yes. No, I, I completely agree with you about all of that. You know, there was a <laughs> Top Chef Texas season several years ago. Houston did not want to contribute to the cost of the production. So Houston was not included in Top Chef Texas. But this time, Houston First has stepped up. Uh, they're, they're subsidizing the cost of this to whatever extent. And so mm-hmm. that's how we get Top Chef Houston. Now, obviously, we're not going to know any of the details about who's been cast or, or what local chefs are going to appear, anything like that, until the episodes air. But what's on your wish list? Like, who do you want to see on television as representing Houston on the show? I mean, I would love to see, um, for me, I want to see someone of color. So I think um, that people sleep on, that's super talented, um, Michelle Wallace. I think she would be amazing. Um, yeah, like when, we, when I thought about it, who, who could do it and who has not been missing in action or missing in action. So, but she was at the top of my list for people that I would love to see on there. Well, I will say I saw Michelle at Chef Fest last, this, this past weekend. So I'm going to say Michelle is probably not on the show. <laughs> She's not on, probably not on the show. Right. right. I, I, had, I had thought about maybe Nick Wong of UB Preserve or Caitlin Steets at Theodore Rex. Uh, but I went to Theodore Rex last week and Caitlin was there. Yep. Nick has been active at UB Preserve. So it's neither of them. Right. Yes. So I don't, I don't know who's competing. But, you know, they have the, the they bring in guest chefs. It's like judges and stuff. 
Yeah. So do you want to see Chris Shepard? Do you want to see Hugo Ortega? Like, who do you want to see show up? Um, and obviously, we know Don Burrell will be involved. She, yes, Don's going to was a finalist up. last year. Yeah, I would love to see. I mean, Chris probably will be there because it's Chris and people, they love him. Um, Hugo, like both of them, they're, they're so Houston. And I think they always get shine. Um, and again, I, they can get more shine. I'm trying to think who I would love to see that doesn't get enough shine. And I want it to be a female. Maybe Aaron Smith, like, you know, and Aaron is doing her thing. And again, she has like that crossover and diversity. Um, yeah, so that would be good if they did like a kind of a, a barbecue with cuisine. She would be like, who else they gonna pick? Right? Like, she is your person. That's right. Well, I, I mean, you know, it could be your boy Leonard Patella from Truth Barbecue. I mean, could be. You know, yeah, you're, you're yeah. super tight with uh, Will and Nicole up at Corkscrew. I mean, they could they could pop up. I mean, yeah, if they do, if they want to do barbecue, we got a lot of good choices. Well, so see, I'm saying barbecue with a Aaron with a does more that. elevated, yeah, it, it, yeah right. So so Aaron kind of crosses over because she's been in that other world. Michelle too, though, right? So right. I'm like, that would be kind of cool to see see them. Yeah, it would undermine the you know the stereotypes about barbecue that it's all dudes, you know, it would be, that would be a yeah. fun way for them to sort of play against type. I think so. Who, who do you want to see? Well, what, what, what's on your list? Well, I, you know, I've been thinking about this. I do hope that we'll get to see like some of the, the new generation, right? Like whether that's Jason Vaughn from Nancy Sussel, Martin Steyer from Nobies, Ryan Lashane from Real, like, you know, just give me any of those guys uh, just cause, you know, I hold them in such high regard. Yeah. And and I feel like they're going to have to do some sort of Viet Cajun thing. So, you know, whether that's Trong Win from Crawfish and Noodles or, or, I mean, anyone else, you know, any of the other Viet Cajun spots, like, you know, bring all that on. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about. I'm like, we have so many um, ways they could go with the cuisine. So them being in Houston, the diversity in our food, I would love to see that. I hope that they have an episode where they have to go to Asia town and shop, you know, like right. get the, you know, and then do the meal. Like I want all, I want them to do all the things, you know? Um, well, and you know, Marcus Samuelson did that whole thing about the West African community here. Like, you know, they did it. Yeah. They did an African challenge at Portland last year. Let's do it again. Yeah. You know, let's yeah. go to Jolly Jolly bakery or, or whatever. And, and let's see what they're up to. Yeah. So, I mean, all those things just, like those are the things that I like about food, um, and while why I think it's so exciting that they're here, um, and I just I think it'll be a great season for them. I think it'll be a wonderful season um, where also for them where some people are like oh you know it's been on for a while they may have not have been so tuned in invested. I think this is a great way for them to even get people back just because Houston is so different and people are so curious about what's going on in Houston. Like where's all the buzz coming from? So it's a win win for me. Oh no, absolutely. It's a, it's an incredible showcase for the city. I mean, that's why, you know, this public private corporation is subsidizing the production costs. I mean, you know, because they recognize that if you want to market Houston as a destination for food tourism, 
There's really mm-hmm. no better platform to do that than Top Chef. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. All right. Let us move on to topic number two. Not sure there's too much to say about this, but I did just want to note that the Bex Prime and the Heights closed uh, this weekend uh, because Bex Prime owned that building. It was at uh, 19th and Yale, and they sold the building to a developer, and so they're out of there. I, we don't really talk about Bex Prime very often. I mean, I, I will say I grew up eating Bex Prime. I've been eating Bex Prime since I was probably 12 years old, Did I? Uh, which is getting to be a long time. Did I? Um, do you have a sense like do you do you like Bex Prime? Is this a loss for the heights? Are you worried or yeah? You know, don't think it's a loss for the heights. Um, it's this is funny. Until you talked about it, I'm like, there's a Bex Prime right there. Don't didn't even know that there was a Bex Prime there because I'd never go to that location. So that lets you know how I feel about that. Um, oh. I I go to the Bex Prime off Katie Freeway and the location. Kirby in the city, like the Kirby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. old school those one. Two, yep. Yeah, those are the ones I go to. So I was like, there's a, there was a Bex Prime there. So I, yeah, and I think a lot of people, unless that was your Bex Prime, there's so much around there. I just, yeah, no, mm-mm, no, mm-mm. and I still go to Bex Prime for um, a grilled chicken sandwich. Like they still have one of my favorite grilled chicken sandwiches. Just a great grilled chicken sandwich. I go there and get that still today i still will go there and get that yeah i just get a, a regular hamburger there i mean it's what i've been eating since i was a seventh grader so okay you know i just get you know with those i mean the only thing about Bex prime right is that the fries kind of stink because they're soggy yeah i didn't even i don't yeah so i literally don't get fries i literally um i'm with you you know how i feel about trash fries i won't say that they're trash fries like in yeah. and out um but they're probably two steps above there right like this, right. yeah yeah and uh just to put a pin in this right there's no shortage of really great burgers in the heights right, right? if yeah. you want a dedicated burger place there's the burger joint there's hop dotty there's hubcap grill if you want a restaurant with a nice burger squabble la lucha bb i mean you know you could go to um bb lemon like i mean that, right you know like that's there's great burgers. Like maybe that's why I never knew that they were right there. Right. Like, cause I'm like, there's so many choices that I, I didn't even know they were there. So sorry. All right. And then topic number three, again, we, we've got a lot to talk about in restaurants of the week, so I don't want to spend too much time on this, but did you see the social media kerfuffle that Miko's hot chicken caused when they put ice cream on a hot chicken sandwich? Eric, I'm just going to say people are dumb. That is insane that they're acting the darn fool about that. I'm like, where was the uproar um, when there was the donut, you know, Krispy Kreme was doing donut burgers and the ramen burger. I'm like, get over it. Like, let those people have a damn ice cream chicken sandwich if they want to. And let me eat it if I want to in peace without y'all booing me on the internet. I, it's just crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the comment that was really, I think the comment that was really over the top, and I, I talked to uh, to Miko, you know, one of the owners, and, and she was like, yeah, somebody said, you know, we hope your business fails and you lose everything you love. See? Like, it's just a chicken sandwich. And I know there's a certain amount of hyperbole that takes place on social media. I get it, but no, it's important to remember that there are actual real people. Those are real people's lives Correct. and jobs in a business. 
Right. And it's just like, you don't have to be that mean. Like, if you don't like it, don't eat it. Right. And if just think about how miserable your life has to be that you went over a chicken sandwich with ice cream. Come, I was just like, I can't. I, I, I can't with people. <laughs> your life is awful. Awful. That you're wishing these people are to. T- I'm like, wow. I, you know, get a problem. That's all I got to say. Get a real problem and leave them alone. Yeah. All right. Do you do you have any interest in trying this? Um, no interest in trying it again. But for the people that want to eat, I would try it. You know me. If I'm there, I'm like, yeah, let's try it. So I can have an opinion on it. Right. So if we need to try it, if the people send in, because you're taking questions, if the people send in a question and like Eric and Felice, did you try the the sandwich? Is it yeah, then I mean, yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> let the people right. tell us what they want let the people tell us what they want absolutely yes by the way yes we are taking questions i got a couple but i'm not we we got to move this week so i'm not we'll, we'll do it we'll do it soon but eric eric at culturemap.com send me your questions and we will answer them in an upcoming episode felice i'm going to say that does it for the news of the week we'll be right back with our restaurants of the week stick around Felice, for our restaurants of the week, we have three places to discuss, so we're going to have to kind of go relatively rapid fire on this, but, but let's okay. start with Joey Uptown. This is the Canada-based restaurant that just opened in the Galleria in the former Yalacha space. You know, this has been, it's been something of a phenomenon only because it's really hard to get a reservation because they're, they're limiting their seating while they sort of build their staff and get their kitchen like fully up to speed. Mm-hmm. So if you look online for a reservation, they're really hard to find. But when we were there, like half the dining room was empty because they just aren't quite ready to staff it yet. So I say all that to say to you, what did you think of Joey? It's a total vibe. Um, I think it's a scene. So for that, people will love it. It's a beautiful restaurant. And I thought the food, I was happy with what we had. You know, I loved um, we had a couple of sushi dishes that were quite impressive. Um, the sushi, I think it was a sushi cone. Um, and then we had... We had that salmon sushi on the kind of squared yes. off rice. Yes. So, um, yeah, I, I have no complaints. I mean, from the food to the drinks, it's it's a wonderful night out. Yeah. Once they open reservations up, I would tell people to add it to your list for sure. Yeah. I mean, favorite dishes i mean yes we we both like the sushi thought that crab cake was really good uh there was the the salmon we split a piece of salmon i thought that was really nice Mm -hmm. the only thing that kind of missed for me was we got the sirloin steak with the uh shrimp and lobster ravioli and i liked the ravioli just fine thought the ravioli was good but that sirloin was uh chewy and overcooked and that uh Correct. That's no bueno. Yeah, I would tell people to definitely upgrade the steak. Just uh, based on our experience, yeah, I would never have that with as, you know, um, how it's priced. I would definitely go for the upgrade on that yeah. um, for the steak. Yep. Well, I mean, that's the and that's the only other thing about this place, right, is it's all apps in the teens, you know, entrees in the 30s, cocktails are 15 $16. Yeah. I mean... You know, you're not going to get out of there 
I'd say two people, you're, you're looking at easily over a hundred dollars, maybe closer to 200. Now we went kind of heavy, right? Cause we, you know, they invited us, they gave us a hundred dollars to spend. We blew right through that. Right. You know, we blew right just through. going, I mean, we basically blew through most of that on cocktails alone. Right. So, and, and right. We still had food to eat. So we're like, okay, yeah, this is definitely a good night out. Yeah. So you'll go back. I would definitely go back. Yes. And then uh, restaurant number two, Mozambique. This is the new replacement for Peli Peli. It has already opened in the former Peli Peli location in the Woodlands. It's coming soon to the Galleria location. Uh, the other Peli Pelis, whether that's Katie or Vintage Park, those are long gone. They're not coming back. You know, Felice, we had an interesting conversation with one of the owners of Mozambique who kind of talked about the reason that they did this was because Peli Peli had been kind of stereotyped as sort of a fine dining special occasion place. And they wanted to do something more affordable, something that does more volume, something that's more every day. So let me throw it to you. Do you think they've succeeded? Definitely. I think, definitely, I think they succeeded. I can see there were families there when we were there. I think they will do well in the woodlands. It'll be interesting to see the transition to the Galleria. Now, that's not that I don't think that they can do it. You know, Galleria just has like that mixed I don't see like so many families like where I see in the woodlands, like it's a lot of families. Um, so I think they'll do good in the Galleria. It'll just be a completely different crowd. So it'll be interesting to see how I would feel going to the Galleria location. But I think they succeeded. I think the menu offering is family friendly with the price points. And I mean, it's a huge menu. So I could go just me, me and a date you know, like you and I, you know, and then I could see taking my nieces and my little cousins there and not feeling like I, I, I'm not getting a good meal. So I think they succeeded on that. I think they did a very good job. No, no, I, I agree with you. You know, they gave it this kind of wild new paint job, very colorful, very bright, you know, I, I mean, and we had, we had some really good, you know, we had kind of the, we had an espatada because that was such a signature of the Peli Peli menu, you know, just kind of had to say hello, you know, hello, old friend. Hello, espatada. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, we had the peri peri chicken, of course. You know, I think the dish that impressed me the most was a, a recommendation, uh, the uh, calamari and sausage. You know, it's kind of that a, was the that was the highlight of the lot night. Like, <laughs> I'm glad that he was like, no, you have to get this because it was very impressive. And I think you took the leftovers. I bet it was even better the next day. Yes. Yes. Some of yeah. it held up really nicely. Yeah. Yeah. That Not sauce. The, yeah. I mean, that peri-peri sauce on that chicken was really good. You know, it was sort of sweet and spicy, you know, not, not like a big, not like, you know, break your palate or anything, but like, you know, a nice kind of clean burn. And, you know, I mean, I, I'd say, you know, this kind of rebranding and this repositioning Makes a lot of sense, I think, for, well, now Mozambique, right? I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. I do, too. And I also, I would say, we we're talking about the meals, don't skip the desserts. Because, um, again, everything that we're like, oh, we got this for dessert. They're like, you have to get the shakes. They have a great milkshake. Um, yeah, so I just think it's fun. I, and what they've done with the menu, um, one of the things they ask us, do 
did I think about Pelly Pelly when we were eating? I, I'm like, no, I didn't. So if someone, I think they did a really good rebrand because it doesn't seem like a leftover or an afterthought where a lot of times people are like, oh, this is just a rebrand of whatever, whatever. It stands on its own legs. It stands on its own. No, absolutely. I agree with that. And yeah, I think, you know, I think this is one of those things where, you know, they, they kind of want to position South African food as kind of the next great international dining trend. I, I don't know, you know, is it going to be, you know, Chinese food or Korean food or whatever? Like I, I would say probably not, but like I said, it's super affordable. The flavors are accessible. You know, what we had, again, we were, we were their guests. So it was, they knew who we were. It was obviously well executed. Um, but I think this, this has a lot of potential. Yep, I do too. Congratulations. Good luck, guys, with all that. I think they'll do well. All right. And then finally, I want to talk to you about Ember and Greens. You know, you and I had dinner at their location in the Memorial area uh, a few months ago. And we just forgot to bring it up on the show. Now, I know this is, this is one of your spots. So I'm just going to throw it to you and let you, explain, let you explain what you like about Ember and Greens. Well, I like it because it's a neighborhood spot. However, it's very accessible, right? It's right off of I-10. And that's, what's that, Echo Lane, like that Bunker Hill? That's right. Um, right? And um, it, it's just... Um, kind of classic dishes, nothing too fancy. Um, they may have some fancy dishes now because they rotate the menu, but it's just, it has like a nice feel and the food is just good, right? Like they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. One of my favorite dishes there, like I love their salads. All their salads are pretty tasty. They have a, um, which one? They have a, a crispy, it's a sesame ginger, crispy sesame ginger um, salad. That's really good. But my favorite dish, I always take pictures. People are like, where did you get this? They have a creamy roasted jalapeno pasta and I get blackened. You could add blackened salmon on top. Oh my gosh. It's yeah, it's, it's to die for. And I kept talking about it to Eric and I'm like, I mean, when are you going to come with me, Eric? When are you going to go? And they happened to invite us out like they re, they had redone um, the drink menu. So Eric got to taste pretty much the entire menu, which I was happy because I'm like, oh my God. Um, I'm like, are the samosas, like everything that I love, he got to taste it. And what did you think? Like, what, what did you think about one of my favorite little spots that I go to all the time? Well, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's a, it's a pretty humble place. It's a family owned you know, just kind of straightforward, kind of Mediterranean style cooking, you know, so it's super light, you know, fresh. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of looking back through the menu. It's like, oh yeah, those, those sweet chili Brussels sprouts were really good. The samosas were good. You know, they do a hummus that I really liked. Uh, the beef skewer I really enjoyed. So yeah, this is, and it's super affordable. Yeah, you know, this is all this is all sort of entrees in the teens. You know, you'll struggle to spend, you know, you have a cocktail or whatever. Maybe you spend thirty dollars a person here. But, you know, I'd say the odds are that you'll spend less. And, uh, you know, it's like this is this is the. I guess my take is that, like, it's not a destination necessarily. Like, I'm not going to drive to Memorial just to go to Ember and Greens. 
But if I lived near it or I happened to be in that neighborhood and was like looking for a lunch option, yeah, I would I would not hesitate to go. Right. Are you at the mall and you're like, I don't want to eat mall food or you, you know, you want to go somewhere like outside of that hustle and bustle. It's literally at the next exit. Right. Like, so it's cool. It's, it's good. The the people that own it, they're usually there. The owners super friendly and want you to have a good experience. So everything about it, I, I, I enjoy it. All right. Should we talk about their side hustle real quick before we wrap this up? Oh, I can't. Yes. The dog food. Yes. Dog food. You, I, they, they gave me a little bit to try, you know, my dog's, well, my dog now is pretty happy with what I feed her. So I did not try her on the dog food, but I know, I know your dog, Max really likes it. You know what? I'm literally going to have to go. I'm laughing because I'm like, Max killed it. Like he, when I transitioned him back, because it was out, because they gave us one of every, like they have a beef, a turkey, seafood, and vegetarian and I gave him all the options thinking maybe he would like one over the other and kind of no he loved them all and it's literally food that we could eat right like it's they make it in they they have a kitchen area dedicated for the dog food it's all organic all organic it's just it's great so Max is getting ready to be one of those dogs he's getting ready to be a bougie ass dog and I'm gonna have to start getting him the dog food okay (laughs) <laughs> I said it, don't judge me, but that's what it is. All right. Felice, I'm going to say that does it for the restaurants of the week. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. And then I will be right back with Adam Garcia and Meredith Davis. I am joined this week by two of the people behind the PX Project, Executive Director Meredith Davis. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for having us. Chef Adam Garcia, welcome back to the show. Hey, Eric. Thanks for doing this. Meredith, let me, let me start with you. Let's, let's kind of get the big macro question out of the way. What is the PX Project? Sure. So we are a workforce development program in a culinary setting. Um, these are, this is a model that's used all over the country. So we are not the first, um, but we're the first in Houston. And so we're just helping young people who are out of high school and needing to enter the workforce for all kinds of reasons, um, kind of get their foot in the door, explore it, navigate it. Many of our students are um, new to the country or uh, have never entered the workforce before. And so we're just trying to help, help make that an easier transition for them. Adam, let me, let me bring you in on this, you know, to the extent that the audience recognizes your name, they may know you from your time at Passive Provisions or Cultivare or Rosie Cannonball. What made getting involved in this sort of appealing to you after a, a career spent it in, you know, some pretty, some pretty great restaurants? Yeah. Um, so Meredith had this idea, I would say maybe five or six years ago, I think we were having dinner somewhere and she, uh, you know, she's a outright outreach director for um, St. Luke's United Methodist Church um, here in Houston. And, uh, you know, she, she, she works a lot with, um, you know, a lot of different groups around town. And her idea to start this uh, workforce development thing was really incredible because I have heard of places like Liberty's Kitchen in New Orleans or Cafe Momentum in Dallas. 
Um, and it's really cool because they, you know, they, they do this through a culinary setting. So, you know, I've, I've, I think, you know, this, I've been here for, I was born and raised here in Houston and I've been a chef for probably the better half of, uh, 20 plus years, uh, worked at a lot of places. Um, and you know, what I kind of realized was the thing that I loved the most was teaching. You know, I can say I've, I've done a lot. I don't know if I've done it all, but I've done a lot. And, um, so I just started to feel this rewarding feeling whenever I was, I was teaching in, uh, kitchens and, um, you know, like Meredith said, um, with this opportunity to kind of be able to give back and, and teach, um, a younger group of kids to come in here and do it the way that I was taught. You know, I wasn't a formal, uh, culinary school chef. You know, I never went to college. Um, I tried it, I dropped out, um, and everything that I've learned, um, from washing dishes to becoming a business owner, um, was all through the kitchen. Um, and I kind of wanted to show that, you know, you may not have this conventional way of learning or going through life, but, um, you know, there's, there's a place for you in this uh, world and we're hoping to kind of pull that out. So, you know, my decision to kind of leave the conventional restaurant world, I think was, was just my desire to kind of teach and uh, help the, you know, the, the youth. Yeah. Meredith, let me, let me come back to you on this because, you know, like Adam said, you know, there is culinary school. I mean, that is kind of the one way for people to learn the skills necessary to work in a professional kitchen. How is, how is PX project different than that? So we're actually not even attempting to be a culinary school or a cooking school. Um, we are using the kitchen as our vehicle to teach because there are so many aspects that teach you so many things, as Adam has learned firsthand. Um, but we don't anticipate that all of our students are going into hospitality even. Um, they have all kinds of dreams of different fields and areas of work. Uh, so we're, we're really just utilizing the kitchen one, cause it's a great life skill to have, especially as a lot of our young people are, um, breadwinners in their family and are feeding their families frequently. So it's something that they can take home and utilize for the rest of their lives, but just general employability skills, um, showing up to work on time, how to, uh, build a resume, financial literacy. Um, we're focusing on mental health and making sure, you know, you're, you're healthy in all aspects, not just. The skills that you have. So um, it is very different than a culinary school would be. You know, also, I will say, Eric, that instead of uh, leaving you with uh, $40,000 in debt, we actually pay our students a stipend uh, to come in through our uh, program here. So, you know, we, we do treat this as an actual career, um, you know, which is, which is great. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I get that. Maybe, maybe say a little bit more about kind of where these students come from and, and kind of what, what makes someone a good candidate to participate in this program. Sure. So we focus on Sharpstown Golston. That's our, that's our home. That's our hub. Um, that's where our community center is going to be built, where PX Project will have a full commercial kitchen and cafe. Um, so that's where we focus. And um, as we know, Houston's now the most diverse city in the country, and Sharpstown Golston is the most diverse neighborhood in Houston. So it's got every culture and language um, within a mile radius of where we're, uh, or where our future house will be. So um, th- those are our, the students that we focus on. Um, we've had folks come to us from all over, so it's certainly not uh, a narrow scope. We don't want to 
exclude anyone because of their zip code, but that's kind of where we, we start. Um, we have partnerships with um, other organizations like Revision, Harris County, um, and other nonprofits working in the area that help us identify students that we think would be a, a good fit. There aren't really any requirements other than um, you need to get in the work for it, workforce, you're interested in learning new things, and um, yeah, that's kind of it. Those are our, those are our guidelines. They're pretty easy. Adam, you, you said that you, what really appeals to you is kind of the opportunity to teach. I mean, what level of knowledge do these students typically come in and, and kind of how do you, how do you bring them along? Right. So um, usually these students come in, you know, they might've uh, cooked for their family before um, no really formal training. So we're, we're focusing on uh, what are called um, disconnected uh, youth, meaning they're graduated from high school, but they haven't really found a, a job yet. So it's that middle area where you may be confused about what you want to do. You don't know how to get a job. You don't know how to, you know, kind of go into it. Um, so we get them in. Um, we tell them what the program is about. Everybody's kind of familiar with cooking. Um, but we start by getting our food handlers uh, serve safe uh, certification. So, um, you know, we learn uh, safety right off, right off the bat. Um, and then the following week, we are actually in the kitchen cooking meals for the staff. Right. So right now we're working out of the St. Luke's kitchen over here on uh, Westheimer. Um, so two days a week, we, uh, we cook meals for the St. Luke staff. Um, people order them from us. The menu changes every day. Um, there's usually about four to five different offerings in one sweet, sweet item. Um, and as the program moves forward, you are expected to, in the beginning, you're just kind of learning how to hold a knife. Um, you learn how to clean up, you learn how to, uh, you know, maybe plate, plate a few items. But about halfway through, you're expected to learn how to, after being taught, you're expected to learn how to uh, cost out certain, certain dishes. You're expected to know how to order. Um, you're expected to know how to, um, you know, uh, be in front of an actual guest receiving money, making change. Um, so it all starts in the back, the back of the house. But, um, you know, you're, you're learning a lot through it. So uh, we give them all front of the house training, too. So, yeah. And then. I mean, how is the, you know, I guess you've had a couple of classes come through the program already. I mean, are they finding jobs in the industry if they want them? I mean, how's, how's that part of the equation going? Yeah. So we've had, um, you know, and again, we do say a lot of them have found um, culinary jobs that they are, that they, they found out that they kind of liked while going through the uh, program, but through our partnerships, um, you know, there's there's a lot of av- of avenues that uh, students can can go through. So, um, you know, we kind of teach them through. We kind of take them through a uh, like a job finding course too to kind of see what they're interested in. Um, and then at the end of the 16 week program, we usually set them up with an internship um, at a job field of their choosing to see if they actually like it before just kind of handing them off and putting them into a an actual career. So they get a chance to actually, you know, work alongside professionals in that field. Um, but I've had a lot of really great, you know, chef friends reach out to me that they might need, need staff. And um, so if they have a desire to be a, you know, pastry chef or uh, a baker or, you know, just a, a line cook, um, you know, there's always avenues for that too. Meredith, let me, let me circle back with you on this. I mean, 
Cafe Momentum certainly has a has a restaurant. You know, I know some of these other programs nationally have a, a restaurant. Is that is that kind of the long term goal for PX Project? Yes, for sure. So we are in the middle of the capital campaign now to build our uh, training kitchen that'll have a cafe attached to it. And then our long term goal, hopefully not too far away, is uh, a cafe in River Oaks uh, near our Westheimer campus. That once our fellows graduate, they would help run that cafe while they uh, kind of solidify and test out whatever their uh, interests are as far as going into a career. So um, if they want to stay in culinary, we certainly, Adam has, knows a lot of uh, amazing people. And then if they don't, we have a lot of connections, thankfully through St. Luke's, that uh, folks that work in all kinds of fields that can help us connect to the fellows with whatever, whatever is next for them. What are some of the other careers that the people who've graduated from this program have moved on to? So uh, the group we have now, we have one who's really interested in um, being a flight attendant. We have one that loves, he loves to drive. And so he's interested in driving either a truck or being maybe a limo driver or something like that. Um, we have one who's very interested in becoming an artist. He does pottery and loves pottery work. Um, and one who is interested in hospitality, um, wine and charcuterie specifically. He, he's really interested in that. So it's every group is a little bit different and um, they all have different understandings of what it's like to work um, in the United States or uh, kind of be an adult in the workforce. So they're, we're kind of helping them explore that. Um, this, this is really their first uh, touch point into all of that. So they're still navigating. Adam, you, you know, you said the menu changes every day. Are, are there certain dishes that the students like making more than others? For sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, it's, um, you know, it, it changes a lot, but uh, a lot of the dishes that they like doing. So about halfway through, I really like to talk to them about influence that they, they have in their life growing, growing up. Um, so this is our third group of students. Um, and about, I'd say three quarters of our students were born in, um, refugee camps. A lot of them are immigrants here. So, uh, so I like to kind of bring their influence into what we make too. And they get really excited about it. And I do too, because there's, there's a lot of cuisines that I, I haven't tried. So we're both learning a lot through, through that. But whenever we create a dish that maybe, you know, uh, a student might've had growing, growing up that brought his family together and he remembers it, eating it on his birthday every year. And then now he's serving it to, you know, 45 guests who come in and want to try it. And, you know, the feedback that they receive from that, you know, it's, it's kind of what made me fall in love with cooking in the very, very beginning. Um, I, I think those, those are the ones that, that stand out to me. For sure. And I mean, you, you know, I know you guys did Thanksgiving dinners last year. Is that in the agenda for this year too? Yeah, we're actually looking towards that now. So um, this is our second cohort of this time of year. So it's a 16 week course. Um, So uh, we do Thanksgiving dinners um, where you actually buy a meal from us and uh, you have the option of purchasing a meal for a family who may not be able to afford it in the Sharp Sound Dolphin area uh, through our partners. Um, so it's kind of like buy a meal and then give a, give a, a meal. Um, and then during Christmas, we do our um, 
jar sales. So we do a bunch of jar items. We make our own mustard and um, mold wine spice, uh, spice mixes, rubs and everything. And uh, we sell those during Christ- Christmas time. So in, a, in about a 16 week cohort, we probably have, I'd say close to 35 events that we are always doing. Oh, so wow. We are, we are busy. We, um, you know, we've catered, you know, baby showers. We've done, um, you know, we've been asked to do weddings. Um, we do different galas and events around town. Um, we do, you know, if there's a gathering here at the church and they want to hire, hire us, um, you know, it's, it's always a fundraising op- uh, opportunity for us. So. Yeah. I mean, Meredith, how else would you like to see the program maybe grow over time? We have a lot of big dreams, um, certainly getting the training kitchen up and going so that we can have more students at once. Uh, right now, we're only able to handle three to four fellows in the kitchen that we're working out of, which has been great because in, in a pilot program, you want to be able to sort of ease your way into figuring all this out. Um, but with our new training kitchen, we hope to be able to have 10 to 12 fellows at a time, which would be incredible. Um, we certainly want to be able to track our alumni and see how they're doing in the workforce um, after getting started. And then hopefully go get this cafe restaurant up and running in River Oak so that we can showcase all of the talent and um, excitement that our young people have. We just want them to meet as many people as they can um, and hopefully allow that to open some doors for them that they may not have been able to explore otherwise. So that's our hope. Right. So you said you're in the middle of the capital campaign for the, for the cafe. Mm-hmm. When do you anticipate you might be able to, you know, begin the work on that and, and get the doors open? We're hoping for uh, January, 2022 uh, breaking ground. That's our goal. We have, okay. we've raised almost 19 million thus far. We have about 6 oh. million to go. So um, we're working hard through the fall to hopefully close that gap and break ground ASAP. Yeah, just so you know, Eric, also that uh, that whole building will also be home to a uh, gymnasium, um, kind of a little hangout area with like a foosball table and stuff like that, like a lounge for the for the students in the area. Um, it will also have a legacy clinic um, along with the training kitchen and then our little cafe there, too. So, um, you know, we want it to be like a community center where people can come in there. And, you know, it's, it's not just the PX thing in in there, which is awesome. We're super excited to have that. For sure. I mean, Adam, like, I mean, do you, do you miss restaurants? Do you, or do you find this to be, to be a fulfilling, uh, well, obviously you find it fulfilling, but, but maybe what, what about it is, is there anything you miss about restaurants? I guess, let me, let me put it to you like that. (laughs) Don't tempt him, Eric. Uh, Don't tempt him. (laughs) I get asked this a lot. Um, yeah, there are certain things that I, that I do miss, miss about it. Um, you know, uh, there, there are certain things, but you know, uh, the rewards here are just so, so great. Um, you know, yeah, there are, there are a few things that I, that I miss, but you know, I wouldn't, I would not rather be any, uh, where else than uh, here. So <laughs> maybe eventually. And then, you know, as soon as this cafe is built, we can, we, we can start that up again, but <laughs> until yeah, then, you, can, you can start making pizza and pasta again. That'd be, I'd exactly. be all in favor of that. <laughs> Well, I mean, that kind of brings me to the end of my questions. Is there, is there some aspect of this program that you want to discuss that I haven't asked you about? Um, I mean, not necessarily. Um, I would, 
um, you know, we've been doing a lot of fundraising dinners and we've had some amazing uh, partners come in who have helped us through that. Um, you know, we worked with uh, Ryan Cooper over at uh, Uplifting Wines. Uh, we worked with Chef Almendra Carillos, who's a pastry chef who does all of our um, does a lot of our desserts for our Zoom dinners. Um, you know, Ryan Ryan will jump on. Um, you know, we did during COVID. We didn't know how to fund a raise. It was a little hard to have gatherings, so we did an online Zoom dinners um, where we would drop off a bag at your house, much like a lot of chefs chefs did. But it would be myself and uh, one of our students with me, and we would cook through a dish together. Um, you know, we were able to kind of show off a little bit about the program. Meredith had um, a slide slide show ready, um, and then Ryan Cooper would come on and pair some awesome wines. Um, so we've just re- been really, really lucky with the partners that we've had in this um, program moving moving forward. So, Meredith, how about you? I mean, what? Or, or let me. I mean, you said you're in the middle of a capital campaign, like. Um, how can people get involved if they want to contribute to this effort? Yeah, they um, check out our website. We are constantly trying to uh, update what's going on. And although our capacity is small right now with four fellows and a a smaller kitchen, um, we're gearing up for big things. And so we would love for folks to get involved. If anyone's interested in hosting a dinner party, Chef Adam will be in your kitchen with one of our fellows and we'll um, have a really good time, bring Ryan Cooper along and pair some amazing wines. So um, if you're the party in kind, we can help make that happen. Um, but people can learn about our fellows. We should have some more info about them online um, within the next week or so. And if there's anything of interest that those fellows mentioned that, that someone happens to know a lot about, we would love to connect with them. Um, and help us get the fellows kind of through their next steps. Um, and then certainly you can always sponsor a fellow since we do pay them full time. We um, take donations to help uh, allow fellows to go through the program and, and uh, keep their paychecks coming because they're working hard for that. So um, people can go to our website and learn a lot or certainly always connect with me or Adam. We'd be happy to um, help people plug in somewhere. Go ahead and give people that website. It's the seems like yes. time to uh, ask you. is our website. And we're on Instagram and Facebook as well. PX Project Houston is our handle. So we'd love for folks to follow along. All right. Well, before I let you go, we have to play the lightning round. <laughs> yes. Five easy questions, five <laughs> short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Adam Garcia, what is your favorite cookbook? My favorite cookbook, uh, uh, oh man, I, why wasn't I ready for this one? Um, right now, I am reading Echibari, still. It's one of my favorites. It's on the coffee table. Uh, Meredith, how about you? Oh, uh, bad news. I can't cook to save my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> why well, I hired fun. Adam. Right. <laughs> All right, Meredith, what's the first band you ever saw in concert? Ooh, Michael W. Smith, actually. <laughs> He's a, <laughs> a Christian artist. It was the first concert I was allowed to go to. All right, Adam, how about you? Uh, my first one was actually, uh, that I actually earned money to go see was uh, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant at the Woodlands, ninth grade. Solid. All right. 
Yeah. Adam, what is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. Um, I would have to say Popeye's. Meredith, how about you? Ooh, uh, Sex Prime? <laughs> they have a drive-thru. They do. That counts. Thanks, All right, thanks. Meredith, who is, your, uh, who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? Ooh, I was a huge Brad Ausmus fan when he played for the Strohs. He was my guy. All right. Uh, Adam, how about you? Mine was number 44, Roy Oswalt, pitcher for the Houston Astros. I like it. All right. And then, yeah. Adam, finally, when you go to a pizzeria for the first time, what are your go-to toppings? Uh, I am a margarita pizza guy. Uh, just cheese. I, I want to taste more of the uh, crust. So, <laughs> <laughs> Meredith, how about you? Pepperoni and green peppers. All right. Basic. Basic. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you both for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you so much, Eric. Really appreciate it. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.